Hello. 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 Uh, gentlemen, uh, lady. How's everybody doing this evening? We doing fine, champ. You ready for next week? Uh, 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 ready? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, you guys, and what's going on? Another episode of the Knucklehead Chronicles podcast. I'm your man, the guru. I am uh, home alone, so I'm a little bit spicy on this episode. <laughs> so y'all pray for me. All right, so what we're going to do, um, so this is episode 10 um, of The Origin, and I, I, I think I'm going to take a break after this one. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Um, but this is the epic. This is... The origin. This is episode 10. This is where my life completely flipped. And um, this this chapter of my life, and I'm going to go through it as quickly as I can. I hope I can get it in, in 30 minutes. Probably not, though. It's probably a two-parter. Um, this juncture um, of the game is where I became, it was the beginnings of, of the man I am today. Okay. Let me explain what I'm saying. We start now, if you listen to episode nine, if you're following this story at all, right. uh, In episode nine, I explained that I moved to Illinois um, for the first, uh, the second time. Uh, First time I was in, I was there in 2001. Uh, We lived in Chicago. Um, I went back in 2009. Um, and, uh, you know, 2009, we lived in the suburbs of Chicago, we were about two hours outside of Chicago. So let me give you the dynamics of what, what would happen, right? So I, I, we decided that we're going we're gonna to make this pact and we're going to do uh, this thing for uh, Kiana. Um, but like I told you in episode nine, I heard something totally different than what she said, right? And so, and that was the struggle because she said what she really truly intended, right? What she wanted out of us. What she didn't, you know, and I, years later, I had to finally come to the realization that I finally woke up one day and said, you know, I didn't, she didn't even ask for none of this, you know? But I bl- the whole time I blamed her for what was going on. This was my wife on paper. Now, mind you, we've been ex- we've been ex- we had been estranged um, for a year, um, and so we just went up there. I'm thinking we're getting back together. She's like, "No, you need to move on." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Case in point of that um, is that she did. She moved on. Um, and she started dating this guy. Um, he was married, but I guess that's neither here nor there, but she moved on and, and started dating somebody else. Now, apparently they had been dating long before I even got to Illinois, right? So I get to Illinois. Um, I got the plane and I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I got the plane I have a hundred dollars in my pocket. That's it. Now I'm going to move to a city state, uh, Chicago, uh, Palatine, Illinois. Um, and 
I was supposed to start this whole life, right? With a hundred bucks. That's, that's that's all I had. I think I had less than that. I think I bought, I bought me a pack of cigarettes as I left the airport. So she came to pick me up. We went back to the house and it was all hunky dory. Now you guys would think that I, we would sleep in the same room. <laughs> You'll be absolutely incorrect when it comes to that. I She made me sleep in her second bedroom. She shared her room with her daughter. Well, Kim. Well, both her daughters because... Her oldest daughter was getting ready to go to college. That was the summer of her that was the summer of her freshman year of college. Um, so they was getting ready. So they moved out of the second room, moved in with her their mother, and left me with the spare bedroom or the second bedroom with a futon in it. Now, you guys are, if, if you guys are listening to me and you know see me in public in, in person, I'm a big dude. Futons ain't comfortable. <laughs> Futons are absolutely not comfortable, but I made it do what it do, right? So now, mind you, the whole time I'm under this, I'm under this cloak of stupidity. I was, I guess you could call it, um, and I just, I, I just wanted to uh, be with this woman, right? But in actuality, in real life, and, this, and 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 the reason why I keep telling it, I, I I tell this story, I say it a lot. We have to be real with, with ourselves. But see, when I was going through that, I wasn't being real with myself. I only wanted, I, I was going through it, but I wanted what I wanted. That's what's that's, that's the most of our problems. Most of us want what we want when we want it, and and if we can't get it at that time, then we got a problem, right? So, I go through this with her. And like I said, I'm under the impression, I mean, when I tell you, four years I lived in Palatine, Illinois, with this with my ex, was absolute and complete self-torture, okay? It was something that I could have avoided. I could have just not went, right? Um, but for, in the spirit of, of wanting to rectify and make things right. I, I went through this four year ordeal and I went through a lot. Now, this is how I found out about her boyfriend because I had no idea. I'm thinking, you know, I, I had, I had inklings that she was dating somebody. She was being really, she was being really secretive. Um, and it was like her attitude was like, it's none of your business what I'm doing. You know, that was her attitude. Excuse me. That was her attitude. Like, I ain't got to tell you nothing. I'm grown, right? Now, she worked, right? And so, but I didn't. I hadn't. I wasn't there long enough. I hadn't started working yet. So, she would leave home to go to work, and the kids would go to school, right? And she would lock her bedroom door. Like, I'm some sort of creep. You know, it's like, you're locking your, your bedroom door? Like, okay. All right, cool. What you hiding? Um. So this is how I find out. Now, you know me. Anybody that know me will tell you I am a I am a petty individual, right? I'm I'm praying for I'm praying for God to take away the pettiness, but you know I still got I still got remnants left of my petty, right? So I was um really petty, and being petty coupled with being angry, uh, with being hurt, um, I did a lot of stupid stuff. To her, and she probably, if she ever, if she ever catches this episode, she probably will never know how I found out about her boyfriend. I'm not gonna call his name 
because we we I don't like him. Still don't to the day. But there's not it's neither here nor there either. Right. So um she would lock her bedroom door. And so I was like, what is she hiding in this bedroom? That she gotta lock the door when she leaves. Like I'm some sort of stranger in her house. Right? So I was offended. So being offended on top of being petty and on top of being angry and on top of being hurt was just a dangerous combination, right? So I jimmied her bedroom door. I know it's probably criminal. I probably shouldn't admit that. But I jimmied her bedroom door. I took a credit card or something, uh, a, a, a debit card I had in my pocket in my wallet and I would I jimmied her door. So the first time I jimmied that door, it was like, Stepping into it was like stepping into heaven, like the ah, that's kind of what it was because <laughs> I had never been inside her, you know, I had been inside her room since I've been there, you know. So when she opened, when um, <laughs> when I opened that door the first time, it's just like you can you can hear the angels, ah, and so I go in, I'm just looking around, I, I mean, I really didn't see anything, you know. So I sort of, I, I mean, I know I'm probably wrong. I know you're probably listening out there in the, in, in, in the radio land and you're going, ooh, you dirty. You a dirty mofo. Why you do that? You know, but I want you guys to understand my mindset at the time that I was doing that. I mean, I was, I was, I'm thinking I am up there for my wife, right? I'm thinking that we're getting back together. That she shouldn't be doing anything outside of that because she called me up. She wanted me to come up here to be with her. Again, if you remember what I said earlier, she said none of that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But this this was my mindset. So, you know, I go, I'm looking through a closet. So she got a lot of clothes. She was she she was a clothes hoarder. She will tell you that she's not a hoarder, but she is absolutely a hoarder. That's neither here nor there. All right, so um so I get the plunder, I, I'm looking up under the bed, I'm looking under stuff, you know, I don't really see anything, but that, that she had this uh she had this box up under her bed. And so I, I took the box out and I opened it up. And I looked at it. It's a bunch of love letters from him. So I'm reading these love letters. And I'm going, what in the world's going on here? You know, I, I didn't, you know. And then I flip up the mattress. Something told me to look at look um, under the mattress. So I picked the mattress up. I looked up under there and I saw all of her their love notes. Uh, pictures of their rendezvous at the at one of the uh, romantic uh, spots there uh, in Palatine. I think it was the next city over. It wasn't really Palatine. It was the next city over. But um, just all this stuff. When I tell you that that thing devastated me to no end, right? It that I was blown. But it's my fault. It was my fault because I had no business going through her stuff. None. Right. And that was self inflicted. That was a self inflicted gunshot wound. It's just like, you know, I, I know I've known people that have shot themselves or whatever. This was my shot in the foot. I shot my own self in the foot because of my anger, petty, hurt, all that. You know that you know how they say with, with, with men, with women, they say, you know, don't go looking for trouble, right? That is exactly what I looked for and found. <laughs> Absolute trouble, you know what I'm saying? And so at this point in the game, I'm pissed. 
I'm like, all right, that's what that's what we're doing it. So now, before that, I tried to be friend because I knew she was close to this guy, but I didn't know they had slept together, right? So I tried to befriend this dude because I feel like I needed an ally to help me win her back. But the whole time, he he didn't say anything to me about they slept together. It was her that told me. And this is how she told me. This is this is how raggedy it was when she told me. We were standing in the kitchen one day, and um, I had I had asked her about him. You know, he's my friend. Was the word she used? Man, Biz Marquis said it the best. If she tells you that he's just a friend, don't believe. <laughs> don't need just a friend. Yeah, yeah, no, didn't work. But and, and it came out later they had stuff together and and all that and. I didn't know how deep it went in this conversation. That's this one Saturday. She says to me, I, I, I can't remember the context of the conversation, but I remember her response to me being, I will love him when my, I will stop loving him when my heart stops loving him. Now knowing her the way I knew her, um, when it's that deep, when it's when it's when, when the heart's involved, with, I guess with any woman though, with any woman, that they know, women by nature aren't cheaters. By nature, it's, it's it's a scientific fact. Women by nature aren't cheaters. Women have to be driven to cheat. Now, dudes, me, men, that's our nature. Only because, um, we're just we're just vultures. We're vultures by neighbor by nature. We just we just have to get to the next conquest. Right, we have to go through a level of process of growing as and, and to becoming a man before we put away that particular instance, right? So she told me that again, devastation, right? Again, I'm telling you guys, four years, this is self-inflicted pain that I put on myself for a long time. After I, well, you know, after I left, I blamed her, but but after coming out of it and growing a little bit. I realized that I put myself through that for years. I put up with this. This is, I, I, I'm not going to tell you, I'm, I can't, I can tell you many different stories that happened during the time that I was there to just to reinforce what had happened. Um, and I'll give you, I'll give you one. The very first Christmas that I was there, this is 2010. I moved there in July, 2010. Um, that that Christmas, 2010, I go now. I, I I I prided myself as being a good gift giver, right? And especially to her. I mean, I would get her whatever she wanted. That that was kind of how it worked. Um, so this particular Christmas, I got her um something from Pandora, uh, the jewelry place, not the radio, the. Uh, <laughs> At the streaming service, but the store, Pandora. Um, so I bought her that and I bought her a TV. Um, because she needed a TV for a room. Now, she told him what I was thinking about buying her. Like, I don't, I don't know why she did that, but it, it could, it, because it became between me and this guy, it became competition. Like, who can take it? Who, who can take care of her better? You know what I'm saying? Mind you, this cat married. But again, neither here nor there, I suppose. 
And I said, all right. So I'm thinking that she got me a Christmas gift. I thought she was giving me a Christmas gift. I found out that she did not. Now, she got a Christmas gift, but it was for him. And so what I did was with Kiana, I would I would use her as my guinea pig or I'll use her as, as my uh, my eyes and ears. Right. Because she loved her daddy, you know, and <laughs> she came home one day and she told me, hey, let's, go, let's go for a walk. And so we go for a walk and she says, you know, she got she got Kendrick a gift. And ooh, I didn't mean to call who I didn't mean to say his name, um, <laughs> but she got him a gift. And I was like, what did she what did she get him? And again, devastation. Um, so she tells me she got him because he was in the military. So he he got her. She got she got him a set of dog tags. Okay. Now for those military personnel that know something about the military, you were, that's your identification. And so she went and she bought him uh, some dog tags. But on the dog tags was an inscription. And the inscription in the inscription said, "My Marine, my hero." That was that was the, the inscription on the dog tag. Now, Kiana is telling me this, and I go, I go, I, I, I go completely numb, completely numb. I'm like, I don't know how to take this, but all I know is that I want, I want to be with her, and it really didn't matter. So my point when I say that is this. It doesn't it really does not matter what you want. If that other person isn't reciprocating what you feeling, bounce. Period. In the story, all of that. If the person that you feeling on a scale that's greater than the apocalypse, but they're not reciprocating what you're giving bounce. I know it's easier said than done, but trust me, I walk through this thing personally. So I know what that's like. And it's not going to feel good. It's not going to be easy to say I'm done. I can't. Right. But that's exactly what I did. After all the stuff that I went through, I went through, a, when I tell you that as a man, I went through a complete dismantling of my emotions going through that she was sneaking she was sneaking out to meet him he would this dude call her every morning and every evening because they worked work third shift so he would call her on the way to work and he would call her when he got up in the morning and, and he and she would talk to him home every phone call was just it was like pins you know in my brain that's what it felt like every phone call every time it rang I saw his name on the, on the caller ID it was like pins. Um, and she would stop. We could be in the middle, in the middle of something, and she he would call and she's gonna drop whatever I was talking about, or what we were talking about, and put him in and, and put him on uh and and talk to him. We were on a date once. Now we don't think we didn't go out on dates and things. We I mean, we did, but as friends. I mean it was like or whatever that it was, a, a situation ship or whatever the heck that was. We were on a date once. We're sitting, 
in, in a steakhouse. I can't, I can't remember the name of it now. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, we were sitting and eating, and he called her because there was an emergency going on with him and his old lady. So he calls her. Excuse me. Now he, we're in the middle of a conversation. We talking about you know possibly reconciling. Now we we actually had a conversation about it. In the middle of that conversation, he called, and she took the call outside. She wouldn't talk to him in front of me. So I was like, okay, I I, I just can't. I cannot. I'm I'm done. Right. So she knew that me and this dude had animosity. So what she did was this is this is going into. 2011, uh, New Year's Day, 2011, she called a meeting with me and with him. We went to a restaurant, ate, uh, got brunch, and he pulls up with his son, and it's me and her, right? And she, the first thing she says to him is that, listen, I ain't going nowhere. I mean, she, I mean, it was just, it was crazy just to hear her say stuff. She was like. I ain't going to wear. I love you. This is in front of me. I love you. He just can't. He can't get past it. Like I'm not standing. Like I'm not sitting right there. You know what I'm saying? I'm like I'm not sitting. I'm sitting right here. And she's talking about me. I mean, she's t- saying this stuff like that, like that to him in front of me. So me being petty, I was just like, well, "Dude, I don't care nothing for you. I don't like you. You pretended to be my friend. You weren't." You know what I'm saying? You been screwing my wife the whole time. Da, 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 da. You know you know how men do. You screwing my wife, you know. And it, it was devastating. It was a horrible meeting. We fought all the way back to the apartment. And I continued to stay. And I know the question has to be in your brain. What in the tarnation? Terry, what in the whole hell are you doing? Right? Why are you still here? And I and then and the answer is simple. It was the sheer determination to rectify the mistakes that I made when we were together before. Let me tell you something. Okay? And I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna close this bad boy out, right? Do not do anything in the sheer hopes of rectifying something. Okay, you better have you better have something behind that. And then nine times out of ten, you staying in something or being in something or being because you guilty about something. Well, I just stay here because I'm guilty. I, you know, I feel guilt. I feel a little bit of guilt. You know, I'll, I'll stay here. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it to yourself. Don't do it to them. It's unfair, right? Because you finna catch a they finna catch a whole bunch of smoke from you that they don't even deserve because they told you up front what it was. Or they gestured, or they, you know, if somebody ain't got time for you, bounce. If anybody can't call you back, return your text, bounce. If you stay with them jokers and they're not doing anything for you, and they just bounce, why are you still there? That's and I say that because I'm a man that walked through it personally. I stayed in the place four years because I wanted to prove somebody's point. I went through emotional torture. To prove somebody's point. I want to make it right. She didn't care. That if it was right or not. She wanted you gone. She wanted me gone. 
And I put my own self through all of that torture because I wanted to prove her wrong. You love me. You know you want to be with me. What are you talking about? Why are you tripping? Why are you with this guy? See? And here's the lesson that I want fellas to catch. Okay? Don't think that you got it in the bag, my man, because you don't. Right? Y'all are, some, there are some men out here who think because they have, you know, they have good sex or whatever. If you treat, it don't matter how big your dick is, player. It don't matter what's going on inside inside your pants. Check this out. If you treating her funky, ain't none of that going to matter after a while, right? Some girls may stay because it's good. Some girls may stay because they love you, whatever. But if you keep doing that. She's going to bounce on you. Please don't think that we got anything in the bag because we do not, sir. We do not have nothing in the bag. She will bounce on you just as fast as you can breathe and say, ah, chew. You know what I'm saying? So protect. And in this episode, I want everybody to get this. Protect your energy. Don't spend five, six whatever long years in something that you are uncomfortable with and you know that you are uncomfortable with. So it's not like you're, it's not like you're sitting there and you're kind of oblivious. You know what's going on. You know, in your, you know, in your heart of hearts, you know exactly what the hell is going on. But because we choose not to, we choose not to walk that thing out because we choose not to walk away because it's too painful to walk away. I get that. I've been there, right? But it is time for us to make moves, protect our energy. You can love them from a distance. If I was reading a tweet and I said it a thousand times, if someone does not appreciate your presence, give them the gift of your absence, right? There's no need. There's no need of pushing the envelope. You can't make a mofo love you. Please know that. And that's the that's the lesson that I learned. The four years that I went through in Chicago or in Palatine. I died I, four years. I went through it. I can blame nobody but me. Nobody but me. But don't think I didn't try. I can't blame nobody but me. That was all Terry. I did that. So I'm telling you. Examine where you are. Look in the mirror. Take a whole inventory of what's going on in your life. Okay? I love y'all. Until episode 11, y'all have a great day.